Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Delta Green tabletop role-playing game rules by Art Dream Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, military organizations, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or redacted, is completely coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your handler. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your handler this evening, Michael Diamond, and I welcome you back to Ocel and the grand investigation that they are now on in Red Hook. So at the top of the show, as we like to do, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like, you can check out what we have to offer on patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as more live fun will shortly be available. And now I'm going to let our agents get through their introductions so they may continue doing the work of Delta Green. To my right. Hey, this is Miranda, and I play Dr. Aaron Weber, and I'm hoping that we get a chance for a good old overnight in a smelly car with coffee and gas station food stakeout outside of this mansion. The nice part about making your own schedule, Dr. Weber, is that if that's what you want, that's what you get. Dr. Weber's right. Hi, I'm your friend Nate, and I'm playing Elliot Winters, Diplomatic Services Special Agent for the U.S. Department of State. There's no end of adventure as a federal investigator as I go to check out some troublesome pipe. Inspecting a pipe is certainly important. Thanks to Agent Winters. Hi, this is Allie, and I play Special Agent Joanne Hart, and I'm taking this investigation through all of its dips and peaks, like that dip in the floor. Indeed. And last but most certainly not least. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Brett Hawking, and... Nate stole my joke about pipe, so I'm happy to be here as an NCIS agent. And I'm certain the NCIS is unaware of what you're doing right now, which is probably for the best. Okay, so when we last left our agents, they had, I guess, gathered a little bit around one of the construction workers named Maxie, who was going to show them something out back yonder, as they might say. Uh, So behind the garrison mansion there is a couple things of interest the chain link fence goes up fairly high it's probably 10 foot or so there's no razor wire or anything but it's a definitely a uh, go away chain link fence the building again is tall four floors you've even counted to make sure that they're all there as one might want to do after stopping into abigail wright's apartment beyond the construction area there seems to be a lot out back and Max, Maxie shows you on the ground here, roughly speaking, where the pipes would be that go under the house. And there is a small dirt lot back, basically back outside the construction zone where it looks like a lot of the, we'll just say, less than desirable pieces of construction material are being dumped. Now, this is not uncommon for construction spaces to take over small yards and put their refuse, you know, old drywall, wood that's not being used, cast off, etc. But you can see that sort of outside the fence line. 
Well, what do we got here, Maxie? Well, the pipes that were laid that run directly under the house are right about here. And he sort of walks from the back of the lot all the way towards the fence line and then sort of points that direction. They stay under that lot and then head over uh, to the street there, just beyond where there's electrical and sewer access, that sort of thing. You ever get eyes on these? What, what, you talking six inch? Are you talking... Yeah, six inch. Six inch. All right. All right. And there's a, there's an 11 out there as well, as far as I know. Look at my colleagues. Thinking of the, the one kid's site where the sewer system shrank down into whatever it was. Like a normal person ain't going to get in here. What's the trouble? Well, Bloomfield said that there was some trouble with this causing a ruckus. Max sighs and takes a look at the assembled group of you. Early in the fall before last, somebody rampaged through our tool locker on the fourth floor. They took about $15,000 worth of tools. Some of the tools got taken, some were other destroyed. It made no sense. I could see stealing some of them, but some of them are specialty tools. You'd really have to know what you were doing to even sell them worth what you could, right? And yeah, there's people out back there, come around at night, pick through the garbage, looking for, I don't know, scrap wire, plastic, stuff that's useful. The police didn't find any sign of a break-in. So I remember hearing Edward talk. The cops think maybe somebody on the crew is doing this. You got any squirrels in here? He very slowly looks around. It's not impossible. I mean, I got no proof, so I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but there are some people here that, you know, maybe could be looked at, could be talked to. Now, would these be folks that maybe are new to the crew, never worked with before, never seen before? No, everybody here, we we pretty well know. If there was somebody here that I would say has maybe an interest in uh, picking things up and changing speeds... Maybe trying to extend their work here. I might look at Gomez. Listen, he's as hardworking as everybody else here, but he knows once this job is up, he's got to head back to Brazil. He's only here on a work visa. I'm going to nod, and then I'm going to wander off towards the pipes and sort of leave the other three with Maxie. Okay. Hey, I was just thinking, Maxie, you know, if someone's stealing that much worth of tools, they're probably pawning them off, selling them off, doing something with them, don't you think? Yeah, that's what I thought at first, absolutely. And so, of course, we ran around on the weekends checking pawn shops and stuff like that. We didn't find a single thing like that. We even talked to three or four of those places around here and said, hey, listen, if any tools show up that look like this, give us a holler. We just want to know who's trying to sell them. They never showed. These guys have worked other jobs with other people. They might just, people, they might just be selling directly to them rather than going through a a pawn shop. My thought is, has anyone shown up, I don't know, new work boots, new that stands out lately, been buying lunch, taking you guys out to drink or anything like that, going out on the weekends? He leans in a little bit. He says, not everybody here is, you know, not everybody here is free of all sorts of struggles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone need to maybe fund some habits or? He looks around a little bit like he's uncomfortable. Uh, 
Maybe. Could be a lot of things. I like working with her just fine, but everybody on the site here knows that Peggy's been begging for a raise for a long time. She's also known to talk a lot. Oh, yeah. She, just between us, I know that she's had a lot of long talks with Mr. Bloomfield after hours. Oh, oh, long, long talks? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, I know that I'm kind of usually the last guy out at night. And there have been a couple nights in the past couple months that, you know, Peggy's going over plans with Mr. Bloomfield in the trailer. And maybe nothing's happening at all, but it looks funny. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's their business, not ours. If that's all they're doing. If things aren't on the, on the up and up, though, and it's setting you guys back, then it becomes a bigger problem. Yeah. I guess maybe talk to her. Oh, yeah. Well, it sounds like if she likes to talk as much as you say, I mean, she's she's will probably be a giving fountain of information. Again, she works hard enough to keep her paycheck, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's neither here nor there. We don't really have a whole lot of slouches here except Gene. Every crew's got one. He smiles. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You've been more than helpful, Maxie, honestly. I think we can't thank you enough for how much information you've given us. Yeah, and I should probably get back to work. Yeah, do you mind if we just, if we poke around a little bit I will try to stay out of trouble. We just want to, if we just peek at some stuff. No, no, feel free. Just probably about an hour or so, those sandwiches will be here. So you won't want to miss the local deli. Oh, fantastic. He nods and heads back towards the work site. All right. Uh, so does he kind of head off then? Mm-hmm, he does. He leaves the group of you. What are you thinking, Hart Hawking? I'm thinking that sandwich sounds pretty good. Hart, did you guys find out? We just kind of jumped in late on the tour. You find out anything good while we were waiting in the car? Well, one of the things that we were told by Maxie up there is that they filled in the basement. So there's no, there's nothing that we can, at least as everything appears to be, access anything subterranean. Now, I don't know how far conspiracy-wise we went to go with this if there is still some sort of access into the basement that they're not aware of because the foundation was poured like a year ago that's enough time for you know maybe someone to come in where it is more remote or covered especially at night where they might be trying to get access to it again but obviously we haven't had time to look around and try to find that but at least as of right now the foundation has been poured there are air pockets but we don't have any way to get down into the basement where maybe these pipes, and I'm gesturing at, you know, where the open pipes and stuff are that would lead into that. So if there is anything that... Oh, I'm pretty skinny. I don't think you're, what we say, 11 inches skinny? These aren't big pipes, right? Like... Well, I didn't know you said air pockets and everything, but, you know, I don't mean to brag, but I can probably fold myself up into a stand-up locker. So, Handler, how big was this divot in the floor, like across? Nah, I mean, you're talking a few inches, maybe? Right, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. I do have one thought. I have a couple thoughts. I mean, we can poke around here a little bit more. We can talk to Gomez. We can talk to Peggy. We could sit outside and see who shows up to see 
maybe it is just someone trying to slow down the job, but maybe they're trying to slow down the job for a reason. My other thought is last night I was having some trouble sleeping. And so I turned on the TV and they were replaying the Go Ghostbusters 2. I don't know if you've seen Ghostbusters 2. And there's stuff in the sewers under the city. And so my thought is, I mean, if they're taking these kids into the there has to be a way for us to get down there. If it's a manhole cover or something, if we really think that there's pockets in there that maybe weren't filled or maybe they filled the foundation, but they missed some room off of the foundation and it's still down there. Just a thought. I know that's a wild one. I think all of the other ones are much more reasonable. The talking to these two and, and staking things out. But I, I felt like I really need to throw it out there. Ghostbusters 2, there's stuff in the sewers, and maybe there's stuff in the sewers here, and we could just pop on down in one. Oh, God, I really don't want to go down into a sewer. I mean, I have smelled enough CHT pipes that have burst. I'm good. Well, that last, that's if we hit dead ends, though, but then maybe that's just if we hit a dead end. We have other things that we can do. We talk to these two, have our night stake out. But I'm just saying if if we pull those threads and they don't go anywhere, it's in the sewers, maybe. Well, so does that mean if we're going to be going around and looking in sewers, should we be looking in the areas where the kids disappeared? Because we have that sewer where the one that was in the backyard, like there was a sewer grate right there. And it had like there were measurements that we were told do we want to look around in the places where specifically the kids went missing as far as the sewers go to see if there's any sign of them or any way that like an adult sized person would be able to fit around because some of the spaces in a sewer are really, really tight and it would be hard to get a person through, let alone a person carrying some kind of, you know, cargo. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been in a sewer before. And really my only exposure is watching Ghostbusters too. So I mean, chemistry doesn't really expose us a lot to like city found. I, I don't know what a sewer looks like. It's just the thought we were talking about the sewers and stuff. But I'm maybe that's still like, like I said, a last last resort. Just a thought. Well, I mean, I'm actually perfectly OK going into the sewer, provided that I have some throwaway clothes and I can take five showers afterward. But if it means that we might be able to find these kids and give the families some fucking closure, I'm down for it. I just know that we shouldn't do it alone. So as your handler, I will interject a small little factoid, which might be important. One of the reports from the missing children's case said that the pipe that was nearby was 22 inches wide. Lincoln body or not, no one here is going to fit into that pipe properly. Um, I'm all for you trying, but I'm just, as your handler, going to say that that'd be a stretch. We can table the sewer thing for now. I think I think we, we do the stakeout. We talk to these two maybe over lunch. Maybe we can pull them aside. Or, you know what? Honestly, the best place to get information is probably not here because all these ears around. Best place to get some information would probably be after work hours. I'm very excited to see what Elliot's doing, though. He's, he's walked away from the group. He's standing around, you know, 10 or 4, 15 feet away. I'm wondering, are there any uh, manhole covers? Are there any sewer grates? Are there any anythings? No, not directly here in the construction space. It's possible and likely that beyond that lot that where they, threw, they dumped their stuff, there's a street beyond that, so clearly there would be a sewer manhole. There would be other grates near there. 
You said this is where they were dumping all sort of the trash, the refuse, the scraps, the extra. Yep. I'm going to look for uh, a metal pole, something that looks sort of like a metal pole, a couple few feet long, a couple inches in diameter, if I could possibly, maybe some rebar. Mm, you don't find any rebar as you look out into the space there, but you do find a piece of what looks like three-quarter inch EMT. Probably eight feet long, reasonable stick of EMT. Not the most sturdiest stuff, but three quarters of an inch is strong enough. I throw it over my shoulder. I'm going to sight down where Maxi sort of indicated these pipes come in. And, and if I can see them, even great, but I figure I can't. No, you can't see them. And I'm going to follow a line and then I'm going to go towards the fence and either hop that fence or. If there's an opening, go through the opening. And I'm looking for a manhole cover in some way, shape, or form in line with this. So to get around that space, you're going to have to go back out to the front and outside the gate, unless you want to actually go over the type of fence. I mean, I'll throw the EMT over and, and, and climb up the fence. That's no problem. Okay. Uh, I won't make you roll for it. You're, you're limber enough. You're in your prime. I'm in my mid-30s. It's the prime of life. Okay. Yeah, you go over it. It is uh, basically a glorified junk pile, but there is some relative organization to it. Most of the lumber is here on the left. Most of the drywall pieces are on the right. Everything else is in the middle. You can sight down and then walk down till you get all the way through that dirt lot, all the way to the next street beyond and it isn't more than, say, 15 feet from this lot space where you see there is a sewer main. I'm going to try and wedge the piece of the material that I found in and try and move that 70, 80 pound piece of iron off and, and get, a, get a look down. Okay. What's Elliot's strength? Straight 50. Okay. I'll say with a 50 strength, I'm going to have you roll for it, but I'm going to give you a 20% bonus with leverage from the pipe. I have rolled a 28 under 50. Fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't take you long to wrench up this sewer manhole, at least a good four or five inches and be able to move it if you want to or look in that sort of thing. I want to look in. You look in. Well, there's a bunch of pipes. One large one, obviously. And there's probably detrius, mud, other things. But since you're going this far, why don't you give me an alertness roll? Sounds good. Uh, that is a 51 over 50. Uh, it's hard to get a good look down in there. You'd probably have to um, make a closer foray to really suss out the space in. So I'm going to pull up my cell phone. I'm going to call, I think, Agent Hart. So we were spending the morning together. Sorry, I don't have a cell phone. I have a pager. Well, then I will call Agent Brett Hawking. Does Brett Hawking have a cell phone? Oh, hell yeah. Brett Hawking has a cell phone. I'm going to call Brett. Excellent. And assuming you answer. Yeah, mushy, mushy. Uh, Brett. You see that movie with ghosts and stuff and they go in a sewer? There's a, uh, a manhole 
Is that the one with Patrick Swayze? You know, that, that sounds about right. All them ghost movies are about the same to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they're behind this all romantic and such. It's a, it's a good date movie. You got a kid, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to go down in this manhole. It's right behind the site here. I want to just see if there's any sign of any commotion down here. Yeah, where you at? Where you at? I'm looking for you. Right behind, right behind the house, right, right, just over the fence and right behind the house. You sight that line of the pipes um, and go straight. Uh, you'll find me. And then I'm going to go down there, handler. Okay, okay. Well, um, Weber and Hart, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> Hawking literally just picks his phone up and starts walking away after a few moments. I would imagine we would probably follow Hawking if it sounds like it's related to what we have going on. Yeah, I'll whistle in your direction and be like, hey, yeah, we're going this way. Let's go. Okay. You follow. The three of you eventually, you know, get down towards that empty lot and line up with Winters. Or at least the open manhole, because I went... After I hung up, I just climbed down. Boy. Okay. Hey, are you down there? See if I can answer. Yeah, I think you can answer. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, it seems awfully suspicious, all this, uh, and I'm calling up the tunnel from below. And I didn't go off exploring. I just wanted to go down and see if I could see where these pipes go into the construction site and see if there is any sign of anything, the mud messed up or scratches or anything. My Nokia has a light on it, and I'm just using that. But if you have a flashlight, come on down here, Brett. That'd be, that'd be real helpful. Or don't I'll be I'll be up in a second. I'm looking around. Did you did you see Ghostbusters on TBS last night? Because it's Ghostbusters two. Can we not see? Is he far away that we cannot see him? So n normal manholes are typically four to five feet deep, right? They're wide enough for the average person to fit through. If it was a more shallow manhole, it'd probably be two or three feet deep. But given the space that we're working with, a regular four or five feet deep. Manhole. Uh, Elliot has gone down into this space and he is standing basically saddle style at the bottom of this manhole because there's a pipe between his legs. That pipe is the actual sewer pipe where things that you don't want around your body is it. This one would normally have a ladder in it, at least one this deep, but given its age, it did not. So Agent Winters had to sort of just hustle or simply drop down using the, the sidewalls of this sewer manhole to guide himself down. When you get there, Hawking, to pass your light to him, you can see the note on his Nokia. Okay, well, I'm going to get my suit dirty. I'm going to lay on the ground and like try to pass him down that light then. Okay. And take a look in there. But I'm not going in that hole unless I, unless somebody asks me to and I have to do it to be, look cool. Okay. You lay down and get your light towards them. Elliot, you can see that light clear as day now that is on coming down towards you. Yeah, yeah. Drop it. Drop it. I'll catch it. Bloop. I caught it. I update the group and then I'm going to play it in the direction of the construction site. And if it looks relatively stable and safe, I'm going to take some steps towards the construction site. Okay. You take some very careful steps towards the construction site. 
Now that you have a proper light in hand, Agent Winters, you begin to uncover some very curious things, two of them. First, there here is in the dirt and dust and, well, frankly, muck that exists in this space, mostly from the dirt and debris that eventually somehow gets in through the manhole cover. There are tiny little animal tracks in this space. Maybe do they look like raccoon prints? They do very, very slightly look like raccoon prints. You also see, as you continue to move forward a little bit, that there there does seem to be a portion of the sewer here that goes towards the old mansion. The regular concrete sewer, I guess, casements, you would call them, those large pre-poured concrete pieces that they drop into the ground, those eventually give way to brick and mortar. You've moved into what you believe is under that dirt lot. And as you proceed further and further, probably about 10 meters or so, you know you're definitely in the dirt lot area now. And you see that sewer brick get tighter and tighter. That hole closes more and more until it eventually ends in a single hole that's no more than, I don't know, 15 or so inches wide. It looks like an original drain. And so I will squat down, I'll get my flashlight, and I'll shine it in that hole, and I'll get my face up real close to that hole and take a good look see if I can see anything. Yeah, you see in the distance, just with your flashlight, deep in that hole, there is something obstructing this hole. There's little bits in it. They almost look like twigs, maybe. It's hard to tell. You, you'd really need to, you'd have to find a way to get a handle on that or, or something. Farther than my hand would reach. Well, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe if you reached real far, you could get to it. You know I'm going to reach real far. All the way my shoulder be pressed up against that. Okay. Slowly sliding in and just waiting for the first moment my fingertips might touch something, but I'm going to see. You reach all the way in with your hand, past, well past your elbow, all the way to your shoulder, and you even turn your body a little bit, thinking that if you contort yourself, you might be able to get another inch or so of yourself into that hole. And that's when you you feel just the tiniest pressure against your index and middle finger as it sort of taps something. It's not a stick. It's something harder than that. It's, is that a bone you feel? at the tip of your fingers. And then just like lightning, something pierces down on your finger hard and sharp as you get bit. Well, I have the phone and the, and the flashlight in one hand and I didn't hang up. So I will, I'll probably shout out, ow, damn it. But pulling my hand out if I can. Oh, certainly you can pull your hand out. You see it right there on your index finger. You see the blood trailing off just just past that knuckle. I will turn around and I will not run. I will 
proactively walk with determination and purpose back towards the manhole cover Mm -hmm. or the opening. And I will put the flashlight in my mouth, the phone in my pocket, and I will shimmy and try and get back up this thing. Okay. Yeah. So those of you near the manhole would see the light come back into the space and you'd see Agent Winters trying to get back up. You see that he's like probably judging parts of the wall and he's putting his foot on one part and he finally gets his hand up to the the manhole cover. And you can see as soon as his hands sort of grip the outside of the manhole cover to extricate himself, you can see he's bleeding. No, Winters, what ha- I'd reach down to like grab forearm to try to help pull him out. What the, yeah. what happened? What's, what's down there? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got... I got bit. I got bit. I got bit by something. Maybe it's just a rat, though. Maybe. Maybe it's just a rat. Sewer could be a rat or... What if it has rabies? Could have been a scorpion. Brett, now why would you put that into my head? There ain't no damn scorpion down in the sewer in New York City. What does it look like? I want to, like, grab his hand and look at it and see what the bite looks like. Like, does it look like a sting? Does it look like... He probably didn't get a good view of it, but what does what's it look like? Yeah, so this looks like two... I guess the best way to say it would be wide tooth marks. They're two little gashes right along his index finger, that first extension out from the knuckle from the hand. Are they side by side or top and bottom? They are side by side. Okay, so it's not a bird beak, which my ornithology rating of 50 would have gotten me that, but... Correct. While Dr. Weber is inspecting, I'm telling the whole it's straight shot right, right, right to the house, and there's a hole, another 12-inch hole, and there's something in it. I reached my hand in to see if I could touch it, and it bit me. I don't know, Brett, I shouldn't have jumped on you. Maybe it was a scorpion. There's something living in there. It goes straight into that house right through there, and Agent Hart, I mean... We, that uh, that one with the twelve inch hole, and the kid drove through, and this with the hole. What are we talking about here? But I think something's getting in through there. Doctor Weber, what, does this look normal? Am I going to lose his hand? Is this going to turn into something? I'm getting a little worried. Well, I mean, I'd I'd disinfect it if I were you. Uh, put something on it, but I, unless it's got rabies, uh, you'll probably be fine. No, but that's the deal. Like, look, I, even I know you got to go get a rabies shot. And that's not one shot. That's a series. That's a series of a lot of horrible shot. Long needle. I think it goes right into your abdomen too, like real deep. Thank, thank you for your your learned discussion of of this, Doctor Weber. It's really put me at ease. Yeah, but you got to get the shot because if you don't, it's like going to take like a week to get up your nervous system. But then once it gets in your brain, you're not getting it out. You you got to get the shot. I read it's the worst way to go. Damn it. I got to go to the hospital. Anyway, raccoon, raccoon. You said there were tracks down there. Just like the police report said there was tracks outside the girl's window. There was tracks down there. Raccoons, they ain't sewer creatures. Raccoons aren't kidnapping children either and taking them away. Exactly what I was going to say. Or is, is this a dingo situation? You think there's dingoes eating them babies? No, what I'm saying is, I mean, is this an honest thing that we think that the r- raccoons are involved? 
No, 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 I don't think it's raccoon. It might be something, though, that has tracks like a raccoon. Consider, consider, maybe it's something different that we are not familiar with. Gets through these 12-inch holes, has some kind of mechanism to drag these babies through these holes, has an intelligence. You know, the more I lay this out, the less likely it does sound. Uh, I gotta go to the hospital, though. We've dealt with even less likelier before. I mean, none of us can explain what we saw on that floor in the McAllister. And maybe this is something that we can't explain either, but we have to see it to know what it is or to not know what it is. We, we have to lay eyes, eyes on it. Hey, how y'all doing? You hear a voice from behind you. Oh, hey, my f- companion here got bit by something. I think an animal. Do you have like a first aid kit or something around? You turn around to see this person who is dressed head to toe in basically every color in the rainbow. He has a big Grateful Dead shirt on and some super, super baggy pants. He is pretty overweight for his size. He's got a sort of a chop haircut, all white. He looks like he's been out in the sun for a good two or three decades. He's wearing glasses, like sunglasses that are neon green. You all right, man? I'm all right, but I'm going to have to get this checked out. You live around here? Yeah, man. Yeah, I live right over there. He points to like an alleyway. He sort of walks a little closer to the four of you. Agent Hart, you get the very strong, sort of almost overpowering body odor that comes with his arrival, plus the light sort of christening of urine in the air sort of sits on your nostrils and refuses to go away without punching you in the face three or four times with the pungent odor. I'll wrinkle my nose a little bit just to kind of like, oh, but maintain as much composure as I can. You are really brave going down there, man. Mm, brave or stupid, Adam. It's probably probably more one than the other. But why, why you say that? Why you say that? You seen something? Yeah, you bet. You bet. My my name is Doobie. What's your name? <laughs> Doobie. It's good to meet you, man. My, my name is Elliot. Never once have I introduced myself as Eli to the, you other three, and never once will I. Just so we're clear. Eli, yeah, man. Um, I ain't seen nothing strange, but my dog Samson won't go near that yard. He doesn't like it at all. He points back towards the head of the alleyway, and you see there's this massive... Doberman that's sitting placidly, just awaiting its owner's return next to uh, a shopping cart. Looks like it might be a little bit more stationary. Hey, have you seen any weird animals around here? Uh, raccoons or anything? My friend was bit and uh, I don't know if they were worried about rabies and anything like that down here, but... Oh man, there's coons all over the place here. They're all over the place. They They're big. Some of the biggest, biggest raccoons I've ever seen. He uh, reaches into his large baggy pants and withdraws a slim bottle of Mad Dog 2020 and takes a drink. How how big would you say? Like, I'll hold my hands out. Like, they, they this big or bigger? Well, that's about the size of them. I mean, people confuse them for small dogs. I don't get near them anymore because they bite. But yeah, we just found that out. Raccoons the size of small dogs living in the sewers, biting people. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Winners. The the big thing sounds weird, but if they're attacking people, especially if it's in the daylight, 
I don't, that sounds like rabies. Son of a... That's all I need. That's all I need. So, what were you doing down there, man? Well, this place over here, the construction site, they've been having a lot of trouble. Folks or something busting in, stealing things, messing with things, disrupting things. Yeah. They ain't quite understanding why. I wanted to come down here and just make sure there wasn't a alternative entry into the into the site in the sewers because we were looking at some other things that seem to have some sewer related egress if you know what I'm saying he nods along clearly completely confused by the last two or three sentences you've uttered yeah yeah no there's some weird weird Gandalf dude or whatever that used to live in this house bad dude bad dude I mean, that's what that's what Mona says anyway. I don't know if she's right or if she's wrong, but she knows all about that house. He takes a really big swig. Is uh, Mona your lady or? No, no. Well, sometimes, but just over there, he, he turns around the opposite side of the street where the other alley is. And you see a rail thin African-American woman. She's probably... In her mid-50s, that's sort of a guess. You see that she's standing at the mouth of the alley, just casually smoking a cigarette and sort of walking up and down the street. She told me all about this place. She said that, yeah, there's just a bunch of bad people, bad energy, bad, bad. And I know they're redoing this place. I, you know, checked out a few of the things they were throwing away and, you know, were pretty nice, so I... If there's garbage, I just didn't, I didn't see what the problem would be, right? No problem. It's not, it's not, it's not against the law. Oh, no. Once it's in the trash, I mean, you can, you're, you're welcome to go. People do that all the time at these job sites, just discarded stuff anyways. But have you seen anyone maybe taking some stuff that isn't discarded? There, there's been those break-ins here. And uh, have you seen anyone poking around here late at night? Mm, where? Where, here? Or maybe Mona has. Just on, on the job site. I seen one lady up there late after hours. She was poking around doing things. Oh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen her in a while, but, you know, I, I sleep a lot during the day. You see uh, this older African-American lady walk over. And uh, she calls out to Doobie, the man you're talking to, a very loud and sort of broken voice right like someone who has been at way too many concerts way too many nights in a row and so she's got this really scratchy croaked voice she says do me do me come over here she forces herself to inhale through the cigarette that she's smoking and he sort of moves to walk through the group of you which to your olfactory senses is just literally the worst thing that could possibly happen I think I would walk with Doobie. So she's calling him over. It's, we want to keep him. And this way we get her in the conversation as well. Move to like side by side walk with him over to her. She says hello to him and they uh, yeah commiserate for just a moment. And she looks at you, Asia Weber, and says, Have I seen you before? Uh, I don't think you have. Uh, you're Mona, right? Do we told us you, you must be Mona? Mm, yep, yeah, I'm Mona. 
Well, we, I mean, this is probably the first time you've seen us. This is the first time we've been down here. Just checking out some stuff on the the remodel here. Mm, she looks over at the building and you see her face just not completely go into like a snarl, but she really contorts her features and makes a and sort of an ugly face at the building. And then she waves, she waves it off. It's just, I wouldn't nothing to do with that baby killer house. What do you, ba- baby killer? You, you ain't heard about that house? I mean, I've heard, of, I've heard a few things about that house. I think we've all heard a few things about that house, but it seems like every person we talk to has a new thing to say about that house. I tell you, I, I lived in this area a long time. I've seen tons of things coming out of that house. Raccoons, dogs, monkeys, all sorts of strange things. Her eyes continue to get bigger. These the, the whites of her eyes continue to get larger and larger. And she almost gets riled up talking about the house. I, I lived here for a good 25, 35 years right here in this area, not but two blocks away. And I will tell you this. That place is cursed. I absolutely don't doubt that, Mona, with everything that I've heard about it. But what, no, you said something specific. You said baby killer house. That's what the neighborhood girls always called it when I was growing up. They always called it the baby killer house. I I don't know why, but I'll tell you what, I can feel it. That that house is strange. She looks over in the direction of Agent Hawking and she says, to you, Dr. Weber, you think he's dating somebody? Yeah, you know, uh, I think he just had a uh, wife, just had a baby. Ooh, he wouldn't have no trouble with me like that. I'm all taken care of. Oh, okay. If you want, I could, I could introduce you. Yeah. Yeah, Brett, Brett, come, come here. No. No. He looks to be indisposed, Mona. Well, ain't that a shame? Hmm. Fine-looking thing like that, indisposed. It is a shame. Just one more thing. Ah, this house is creepy as hell, Mona. And I imagine it's the type of house that kids dare kids to jump and knock on the door. But but and, you know, no one's ever really seen anyone do it. It's ah, just really... Yeah, I don't like it. Have you seen anyone poking around here? Anyone weird? Anyone? I, monkeys sounds weird. Big. We heard about the big raccoons. Any people poking around here when they shouldn't be? Oh, sure. There's been people on site before when after dark. I see that all the time. I get my exercise here on this block, and I see it all the time. Every once in a while, lady be up there in that house, and she'll be walking around the property. Sometimes you see her in the upper window, just walking around. I've seen her with a fellow up there. Do you think you could give us a description of her? She's a white lady. Y'all look the same. I agree. Does she look old-timey, kind of? Mona? Mm, no, 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 no. She's got short hair. I, I think she's blonde. It's mostly dark. I don't normally see it. Just all this, all this talk about this house made me think. Right, my mind jumped to maybe it's a ghost, but that's. I'm not gonna lie. That's exactly where it went, Mona. You know what? I was looking at. I was at the bar down the street. You know, they had Ghostbusters two on the television the other night. I watched that too. They, I think they've been replaying it. It's like it's in the loop now, and it's like every other night they they're playing Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of looks off in a different direction towards the larger intersection that is the further east. She says, 
Well, I gotta be getting, but I hope I hope uh, you're okay. I hope uh, you stay clear of that house. Oof. I I hate to say it, but you'll probably see us around here at least a few more times, Mona. Well, you know what they say: you stay long enough in Red Hook, you bound to stay for life. Ooh, ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I do. And when she smiles at you, she has probably six to maybe eight teeth. She makes a real long smile and she makes sure to give you full eye contact when she does. And then she walks off. I'll kind of join up with the other agents since we keep walking off one at a time. I think it's great. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I'll be honest. I think she said something about monkeys, but I don't know how, how together M Mona is. All sorts of animals. She said monkeys and raccoons. and uh, So I don't know about that, but just more creepy things about this house. She called this the, the, the some child murder house, but she wouldn't explain why, just that that's what they've always been calling it. But, you know, those stories have a way of trickling down through the years. So there has to be something to that, which is seems like a direct connection to what we're going on here. And, and she says she's seen some uh, lady and a man here late at night sometimes. I thought maybe it was ghosts, but it doesn't seem to be ghosts. I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know if Winters needs to get that looked at, but... I don't know. I think we got to hang around this place at night. I think Winters definitely needs to get that looked at, but definitely this building has got history. Again, old buildings with old weird history. You're right. It is Ghostbusters too. So what do you think? Heart? Hawking? We got a few things to follow up on. I mean, what time of day is it? It's getting close to lunchtime. Those hero sandwiches should be just about back. And you would bet that the the construction office that's there would have a first aid kit and you could at least get Elliot temporarily patched up. Well, especially since Agent Winters offered to pay for what? Correct. You need to be present in order to pay for that. Yeah, we got some time before a stakeout. So, I mean, we, we could put maybe wear a stuff because we're going to be here overnight. But uh, if we wanted to try to hang around for lunch, take care of anything else, uh, maybe just rest up, we could always talk to Gomez and Peggy after work hours and then uh, swing back here for a little nighttime investigation. I mean, we could do that. We also, I'm sure if we asked the foreman if we could kind of touch base with most of the construction workers to see if they have any thoughts or if they've seen anything when maybe they've been working late. If we kind of try to touch base with everybody now, it prevents us from having to spend days and days here talking to them. Well, they're probably all up in that trailer getting them sandwiches. If I know how this works. Also, Bloomfield's mighty, mighty interested in getting back on schedule and getting this worked out. I wonder if we just, on the up and up, tell him we want to spend the night in his construction site. If he will have any problems with that versus busting in like criminals. Based on the way that he was talking about it, I don't think he'd have any problem with some law enforcement taking some action even if it's not the locals. So you're going to head back over to the construction trailer at the very least? Absolutely. You meet the uh, a majority of the construction crew that's there at lunchtime. So a uh, delivery driver arrives, the, a big cardboard box full of all of these hero sandwiches, these massive sort of submarine sandwiches. And Maxie wasn't wrong. This is definitely a place that you want to get a sandwich from. You get really fresh baked bread. The deli might uh, meat here is sliced very well. 
all of the sandwiches, all of your sandwiches anyways, are, are pretty tasty. It gives you an opportunity to get your finger looked at Winters, which beyond the little bite really isn't terribly, you know, it's, it's not a war wound by any means, but you do get it bandaged up. And it does give you an opportunity as well to put eyes on all of the rest of the people here. You see this short, shorter haired woman again, who was Peggy, the one Maxie was talking to when you guys were first there. The next person that comes up to this sort of lunch chow line is a guy that Bloomfield refers to as Gene. And Gene seems to like take his sandwich and then go to his car. He doesn't stay with the rest of the people here. Peter is next. So you guys meet, or those of you who are around anyways, or at least available, meet Peter Platt. He is, I think I want to give alertness rolls to everybody when Peter Platt arrives. 80 over 60. My uh, stint in the sewer really opened my eyes. I got a one out of 50. Oh, fantastic. I have some fun information for you then. I am on the opposite side of the spectrum, and I rolled a 97 over 50. I lucked out. I have a 22 under 40. Oh, okay. So doubles and under. That is good. Uh, Although it is not as good as Elliot's roll. Now, that one is going to pay dividends. So I'll tell you, Agent Hart. Um... He seems to walk with a little bit of uh, either a limp or a strange sort of stride. It is different. It's a little strange. It puts your radar up when you see him walk through the site. Elliot, you know exactly what Peter's issue is. Peter likely drinks on the job. Not only is his walk funny, but when he passes you by, you smell vodka. And it's cheap vodka, for sure. The next woman that shows up Bloomfield calls her Martinez, and it definitely seems like they are friends. And for the moment, that's all you see. There are some people still working. Bloomfield looks at the four of you and then looks to you, Winters. Your cut going to be okay? Yeah, it should be fine. It should be fine. Just a little dumb decision that I made. Bloomfield, you got a, you got any white, blonde ladies... Working the job here. Longish hair. He looks at you a little strange. Is this a business or personal? It's business. It's business, Bloomfield. I'm a happily married man. Don't you worry. I'm not move, trying to move in on any of your, any of your crew here. We just talked to some locals and looks like they have some sometimes seen some visitors up in your site. Locals, huh? People out back? People around, people around, yeah. Dr. Weber trusts him, and I trust Dr. Weber. He sort of steps a bit to the side with you and says, we haven't had anybody with long hair here in a a while, you understand. It doesn't fit real well under the hard hat. Peggy had her hair cut about three or four months ago. Used to be longer then? Yeah, shoulder length and below. And now it, well, we'll just say a little bit more uh, construction friendly. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, um, Maxie said that she's a hard worker. She puts in a lot of hours. Yep. Do some overtime, maybe? Oh, some of the people here do overtime, yeah. She ever 
stay into the night. Time cards say that she might stay seven, eight, nine later. She's done some tens for me before. We were working on uh, some of the first floor units. It required some overtime. I'm not. I'm not accusing her of anything. Bloomfield, let's let's be straight. I'm just every lead you follow up on, you ask a question. So uh, I don't want to put anything into your head. Now listen, I'm wondering though. We talked to Maxie, talked to some locals, talked to you. The situation here is serious with the disruption. And to our mindset, this feels like someone trying to intentionally slow this down for some reason. And I wonder if you'd be okay with me and Agent Hart and our colleagues having a little stakeout at the site. Law enforcement stakeout at the site, all in the up and up. We'll file procedures, policy, safety. But we have a hankering to see what this place is like overnight. Would that be all right with you? He sort of looks around a little bit and then um, he looks down at the ground and he says, the only thing I'm worried about is the insurance. The insurance is going to cover work when myself and, and, and the work site is supposed to be open. And so if we're talking about people being here overnight, I, I don't know if you'd be covered by insurance and that might make my boss a little concerned. You know what I mean? Well, how about we consider this a little bit of an extracurricular activity that you don't actually know about, even though you know about, because you're in charge here, I want you to know about. If that, and we all have insurance. I got health insurance through the, uh, through the U.S. government. We all, we're fine. We don't need any of your insurance, but also anything happens, anything goes awry. We never had this conversation. <laughs> he chuckles. Oh, I'm sure OSHA would love to hear that. Well, you're a member of law enforcement. And so if you say that you're going to investigate the site, I can't really do anything about that. Sounds right. Yeah. I mean, I could I easily get a warrant and go through the courts and judges and stuff, but then it it's much more of a ruckus than we actually have to. We, we ain't, we ain't got to do any of all that. We can just have a little camp out overnight, check things out. Especially if you get them dates for me. Because I do feel like there's some there's some pattern. I, I got a, I got a few of them, actually. Yep. Oh, you got them. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, he turns over a, basically a scratch pad of dates to you. Appreciate it. Well, here's... Uh, and I hand over some cash. Here's, here's money for the heroes. You know, they call these hoagies in other places. And where I grew up... Yeah, where I grew up, they call them subs. Different names for sandwiches all over. Isn't that funny? It's strange, that's for sure. He uh, chomps into his sandwich and heads back into the office. Return back to the other three and we're cleared. We're good to go. It does seem that way. So are we all staying overnight? I'm definitely staying overnight. I've been, I really want to stake out. But if, if you and Hawking have something else going on, I mean, you don't, you don't have to, but we should all. That way we both get sleep during the night. We can break it up in half. But I mean, it's middle afternoon. We could go rest right now. And then, I mean, I've pulled an all-nighter in my day or two up late in the lab. I mean, I think we could just... This is yours, Dr. Weber, and I hand her the dates. And You got that planner and them dates and stuff. Oh, yeah. This is the pattern of when the disruptions and the alarms and such on a construction site been triggered. So maybe, maybe there's some put-that-together 
I don't know. I think we're all feeling it. This is probably happening on some sort of schedule pattern. So it sounds like Ocel's going to plan a stakeout. And I like that as a good jumping off point for the next episode. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Old Ways podcast as Ocel's adventures in Red Hook continue. Thank you and good night.